Good day, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and swole mates in between. I'd like to welcome you to another journey into Swole's world, where we stay trill and keeps it real. We know we're going to talk about it, we're going to be about it, so let's get into it. Today's episode is, Can We Talk? Honestly, I didn't know exactly what this week was going to be about, because it's been a crazy, crazy week for me, but whoo. I just, I just had this song on my mind and I was like, you know what? This is, this is, this is the moment we need to talk about some few things. Uh, just a couple things to get off our chests, especially today. Um, so let's just break into it. Uh, our first thing, I guess, is story or theme or whatever you want to call it that I want to go uh, into is of course, wrestling. Uh, why? Do you think, I know, I know this is going to get some problems or whatever, but I've said this before. Why do you think that certain fans in general public just cannot take criticism? It just, it goes into one ear and then they work it so that it sounds exactly what they want to hear. And then that's what they believe. Is it, is it something about the person that is saying it? Or, or you just don't like the fact that someone is saying anything, I guess, as you deemed or as someone deems negative about something that you like. But I feel like people take criticism and they immediately take it to heart. Like it's, it's a personal thing. Criticism is not personal. It's uh, for the betterment of the sports, for the betterment of the art. Uh, anything that you want to do, you, you want to get better at it practice doesn't make perfect it makes better that's the that's the whole goal was to get better do better so i just feel like as a whole the fandom needs to take a little step back and realize that it's okay it's okay if somebody has something different to say to it just so that it could get better so that the wrestling could get better so that the company could get better so that the fandom can get better Everything should be getting better, should be progressing forward. But instead, I just feel like, as a whole, we are taking huge steps back. I mean, take it as far as humanity, of course, just taking huge steps back. But but in this fandom, it just gets so toxic. You know, you have people left and right taking breaks from social media because of the fans. Do you realize that these 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 wrestlers we're we're entertainers, yes, but we are people who have feelings. I feel like the golden rule needs to be reestablished and retaught because we are, we are not treating each other how we would like to be treated. There ain't no way, ain't no way that some of these people are you know saying anything, saying all these things about certain people and not be like, oh yeah, I don't that could happen to me, sure, no. You be you you feel some way. You feel some kind of way. You guys got to talk to each other better. Also, I would like to also say that I very much so dislike that one female a match, like one female match rule or whatever is is going on where there's always this back and forth. Oh well, they how many matches they got? How many matches they got? It yes, we we all feel that it should be equal. Now, my question to the people that is running the wrestling world, is it because of the quality? Or, are we, or is women lacking in some form or fashion? I mean, if so, is, is the training too soft? 
Uh, do you feel like they're not worth it? Um, I mean, because I just feel like in wrestling, everybody is a athlete. Everybody's an athlete. You know, I was taught that oh, there's no female wrestling. You're just a wrestler. You're going to take this body slam. It's going to hurt. <laughs> and your pain is not going to be any more different than anybody else's pain in this in this ring. Again, I just I just feel like as a whole, it should be it should be better. Yeah, like one, two. Okay, yeah, that's whatever. But it could be three. Why not? I mean, there's there's like these whole unspoken rules in wrestling. Another another one that I feel is <laughs> goes by the wayside is makeup requirements in wrestling. I know this may seem like a trivial thing, but I was at a show. And of course I won't, you know, out to whoever the person was, but uh, a fellow wrestler was like, oh, you're, you're not putting on makeup. No, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to put on any makeup. And I guess they just couldn't understand why I wasn't applying makeup to go out there and wrestle. But dog, I'm going out there to fight. I don't care about these lashes. Who am I out there to look pretty for? My husband ain't out there. When I get in that ring, I look, I'm trying to win. And and half the time, them damn lashes be getting in my eyes anyway. And I about rip both of them off before we even get to the hot tag or get to the finish. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, ladies, it's not a requirement. Don't feel like you got to clog your pores up and create all this horrible crap all in your face just for the makeup. If you like wearing it, then cool. But if you feel like it is a requirement, it is not. I'm here to say that is not. You know, it's cool to go out there barefaced and kick some ass. Shit, why not? It's a lot more liberating, i tell you that. And definitely after the match, you don't have all the foundation and everything rubbing and getting all over everybody else's gear. Because Lord knows there has been some fights in the back about that. Well, you get that man, you get that uh, that foundation on somebody's gear. And it's most of the times in the world. That's why you don't wear white. Anyway. Uh, leading into this. Um, another thing that I feel like we have to talk about as a community is the lack of deodorant. Now. This may be a funny topic to some people, but ain't nothing funny about being up in them <laughs> in them high rises and it's a cloud of funk and not from the Funkadelics and not from George Clinton. Like, it's bad. I don't know who raised y'all, who taught y'all, but deodorant needs to be applied. It's not funny. Like, you just have these grown people, but you don't you don't smell yourself. You don't smell yourself because everybody else is smelling you. I, I smells you. I smells you in the back. I smells you when I'm in the ring. It's a problem. Some Hey, do a little wellness check. Ain't, nothing, ain't Look, ain't nothing wrong with doing a little wellness check on yourself. Have a little sniff and see if you smell. And, hey, and if you do, make sure you, you know, keep a little thing, a deodorant. They sell them, you know, travel, go to Walgreens, Rite Aid, somebody and get some deodorant. Because it's it's unhealthy at this point, as as a fan base, I know I know we joke about it on Twitter and everything, but no, it's, I feel like it just needs to be addressed. Addressed. 
please apply and then reapply. Also, getting into it, uh, there's been a lot of, I don't want to say issues, but I guess um, a lot of talk about the uh, situation surrounding Leo Rush. Me personally, I hope the best for him. I just hope that, like, I know his measures are about to be bangers completely because he can go. There's there's no doubt about it whatsoever. Um, my one issue about this whole entire talk surrounding him is there are people that are blaming me for his decision. Please stop blaming women for other people's decisions. Like, he's grown. And I don't know if you guys know what being grown is, but being grown is when you're accountable for your own actions. You can drink, you can smoke, you can have sex with whoever you want to. You know, you can have free speech, hail the First Amendment, Bill of Rights, and that, that gave that to you. Look, like, <laughs> he's, he's grown. Honey, don't, don't blame me. Yeah, I know you're looking for somebody to blame for the situation, but it, it's not me. Everybody has a choice in life. And what you do is your choice. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but, you know, don't don't be crawling up in my mentions being like, oh, this is your fault calling me out my name. Have a, have a little respect, okay? All right, you want to point the blame at somebody? Hell, point the blame at yourself. This is unhealthy. Don't don't blame me. Stop. Please stop blaming women. Don't blame women for others, other people's decisions. People are, are grown. We're, we're, we should be all grown here. But, and I hope and pray that's the last time I got to bring that up. Like, his decision has nothing to do with me. I mean, I got nothing but love for him. Wish him all the best. But Lord have mercy. Can't we just be happy that the guy can, he's, he's still going out there. He's still loving his job. He's still thriving out here. Like, let's just be happy for something. I mean, jeesh. Lord have mercy. Um, I will say that I did, uh, I did read something because one, one thing about the black community, we will joke our way through anything. Like <laughs> if, if it's grief or, or if you had a bad day or something rotten happens, it, it don't, it really don't matter. We're going to joke about it. Like if you were fat and got skinny or if you were skinny and got fat, we're going to joke about it. And somebody, I can't, I can't remember who it was. I, I can't remember if it was like the public, um, I, I can't remember who it was, but if these dudes <laughs> said that they unvived Leo. Now, for a second, I was like, what? What you mean? And then it, it took me a little second and I realized that uh, I guess Jay Lethal is now in the spot where Leo used to be and I was like dang y- y'all ain't right I see the similarities but boy black people will just joke stuff to death man and I love that for us because we, we laugh through our pain that's for damn sure um I did want to ag- um, address another thing. The uh, I had somebody ask me, I can't remember who it was, but I had somebody ask me what my favorite match was. Uh, speaking of wrestling, uh, Riptide. Riptide Wrestling in Brighton in the UK. It was like day two, and it was a series against Ch- uh, Shakara. Um, that 
that match there was something else because when you have somebody who believes in you, you know, they can say one thing, but when they push come to shove, you know, those actions going to speak up, you know, those actions going to speak definitely louder than the words ever could. And they brought me in, flew me over, um, to turn this, this, this girl face. She was a heel the whole entire time. Uh, we had our first match and I won that one, but that second match, we didn't really call much of anything, but it was just the emotions tied to it. When you say you click with somebody immediately and you just have that chemistry off gate, you know, so I, that, that's my favorite match to, to date right now. Um, I'll, I'll always hold that one near and dear to my heart because that was like so special. Plus, Brighton's just a wonderful place. Like, shout out to them and Riptide. If you guys ever have a chance to get over there, please give them a visit. Go see their shows. They're awesome. The whole entire crew is awesome. They treat you like family, feed you, give you booze, all that stuff. They're really, really cool. Um, so before I move on into, I guess, the other part of can we talk, if anybody has any questions about wrestling related anything before I move on, now would be the time, because, you know, once I get going, I'm out of here. What's up, Latrell? Latrell? Yeah, uh, afternoon. Hi. Afternoon. My question is kind of open-ended in a way, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's basically being the senior veteran that you are in the business, is and you may mention the stuff you want to do outside of the ring, i.e. being the Yellow Ranger and inspiring a generation of young ladies. Uh, my question is, what in-ring feat or just thing in general that you haven't done that you'd like to do? And they can range from opponent to venue, match type, anything of that sort. What haven't you done that you'd like to do? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... You know what? I would, uh, it's it's a shot in the dark, but uh, I would love to wrestle Naomi. I feel like she is phenomenal. Like her athleticism, her charisma, like she has it. She has that sparkle in her eye. She has the passion and the drive. Like I would love to wrestle her in any type of stipulation, in any type of match. Like she's, she's, she's got the juice, man. Thanks. You're welcome. No problem. Taylin. Hello, beautiful. How are you? I am blessed. How are you? I'm doing lovely. I'm doing lovely. Um, number one, I just want to say that you and Naomi would put on a clinic. I will pay top dollar <laughs> for that. That needs to be a main event. Because the way that y'all move, just everything, everything. When I tell you it would be the epitome of black girl magic, it would be the epitome of black girl magic. Yeah. Like that's, that's just number <laughs> one. Like, it needs to be a thing. Someone needs to make that happen. Right? Um, question for you. What is the best piece of advice that you were given or have been given that you would actually want to pass along to someone else? whether it is wrestling related, not wrestling related, like what is standing out to you about like just an awesome piece of advice that like, yes, this is wisdom that I would want to pass on to somebody else. They should know this. 
Oh, of course. Um, um, dang, Taylor, you always be hitting me. <laughs> Let's see. You know, my, um, my dad, uh, the pastor dad, he always would, uh, give me like these little things, these little tidbits. And he once told me that, um, whatever anybody thinks about you is none of your concern. And I would always fight. I'm like, Oh, why? What do you mean? What do you mean? It is my concern. What they think about me is important. You know, perception is reality. And he would always say, no, your, your perception is your reality. That's your world. It's like, and what people think about you is it doesn't matter. And in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't because what I like to add on, you know, it's not very preacher like, but uh, Jay-Z said, what you eat don't make me shit. And it don't. Say that, though. Say that. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that people should carry that with them because, honey, this this world is what you make it. And someone else's opinion of you, it is it shouldn't, shouldn't even bother you. Shouldn't even, like, be on your radar because it's just like, who are you to meet? I rock with that. I love that. And I love you to bits and pieces. I just want <laughs> to love you too. <laughs> okay. Go ahead with your thing, boo-boo. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I love you, Taylor. Um, all right. So, part two of Can We Talk. This is, like I was saying earlier, I, it's it's been a stressful week. And it, very, very rough. My, like, my emotions were everywhere. And... I was feeling that after this last episode, uh, when I did cleansing the timeline, that I felt like I was expecting myself to be a little haywire, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't necessarily prepared for it. Um, I had to do a lot of self-reflection and about uh, pretty much knowing what I want and knowing myself, kind of assessing again, because, you know, sometimes you have to just check in with yourself. And it wasn't until my husband came and talked to me and um, he's like, no, there's something else that's wrong. You know, something else that's bothering you. And I realized that um, I had this overwhelming feeling of grief. And, and it wasn't until like having those self-reflections and having the assessment and, and having Cedric talk to me. It's like, no, there's something that's deeper than that. Cause I just thought it was surface deep. It wasn't, yeah, until all that when I just realized I was harboring all the grief and all the deaths that I've been through because, boy, listen, like, I've had five people in my immediate family and close friends like pass away and, since October. And it's just, you know, you have so much happen to you. <laughs> and then you have things in the wrestling world that are happening. You have all these things that are just around you and you're trying to keep it all together and you put things on the back burner. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm completely guilty of it. And especially when it comes to grief, you know, ever since I was little, I've had a interesting connection with grief uh, to say, yeah, yeah. Very interesting <laughs> connection where I sometimes just couldn't handle it properly. Um, it's that unhealthy habit of, oh, it's out of sight. It's out of mind. I'm not thinking about it. But when I sat down and I, and I thought about it, I realized that I've just been through too much at one time. And I myself am not handling it properly. And so 
I thought to myself, what do I do when I'm overwhelmed? I meditate. It's it's one of the wonders in life where you just have to yourself because you divvy up all your time to X, Y, and Z, to, you know, to your spouse, to your kids, or to your work. People are so into their works, into their jobs, into their friends, and you have family, you're taking care of people, you know, you just have everybody to worry about. And sometimes you forget about yourself. Like I said, it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, I would recommend to others when others are overwhelmed is I find busy work. I find something to do. And I think it's one of the most fundamental things that you can have, especially in relationships. I try not to talk too much about relationships because I'm not necessarily a guru, but you know, I know a couple of things, been around the block a few times, not too many though. Uh, but <laughs> get yourself some busy work, honey. If, if somebody acting up in that relationship, get yourself some busy work, find you something to do. Occupy yourself. You have to focus on that main character and, and all it's not necessarily tunnel vision, but you have to, truly focus and like that helps me with not being overwhelmed i also have this technique um it's, it's it's basically if you imagine your problems is a horde of zombies i'm sorry if somebody has a phobia of zombies or anything like that or you think it's coming soon but anyway <laughs> you have a horde of zombies on the other side of your door those are all your problems that's everything that's overwhelming you Instead of it allowing to bust down the door, bust down the wood, everything like that, you open the door one at a time. Now, look, now, if something like this actually happened, don't be opening no doors for no zombies. And I hate that I got to face that, but Lord have mercy. Some of y'all just, just, some of the people in the population, it just ain't clicking with them. But in this exercise, let one problem in at a time, let one zombie in at a time and handle it. And that's honestly how I've just been able to keep it together because your mental health is key. It is important. Like Arthur Fletcher, he was the former uh, head of the United Negro College Fund. He said that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And truly it is. I know he meant it in an academia uh, standpoint, but mentally it, it truly is a terrible thing to waste. Like uh, I just recently saw that, um, that Ian Alexander Jr. Um, passed away from suicide. He was the son of Regina King and inspiring DJ and producer. Um, those those thoughts that 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 stress that piles up, understanding that you know that's that permanent solution to a temporary problem. And in all honesty, if anybody is feeling that way, there is hotlines like uh, I think it's like one eight hundred two seven three eighty two fifty five. Yeah. Trust me, because I've, I've called them. You know, I've, I've, I've been there. I've been hospitalized. I've, I've had my suicide attempts where stress will literally try to kill me. Um, like, sometimes I just sit and, and look in the mirror and I tell myself, hey, I think you're doing a beautiful job. Things, could, things are crumbling around you, you know, but you are doing a beautiful job holding it up. Because if, like I said, if I'm not doing those self-reflecting those checks sometimes those thoughts you know they can creep into your mind they're that depression they can tell you that you're worthless you know that's you have to stop it pretty much before it gets to that point like i said stress is a complete killer and if you don't believe me you know everybody knows i have crohn's disease and most people think that crohn's disease is hereditary but it's it's not not anymore 
stress and aggravated and intense stress can lead to Crohn's disease. I had a former gastroenterologist doctor who his niece, there's no history of Crohn's disease in his whole entire family. His niece got into a car wreck and it was so stressful on her that she ended up getting Crohn's disease. I was like, yeah, this, this stress is not a joke. Like you had, like I said, you have, you have to take care of your star player and all in all, all times, you know, make sure you're good mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, not letting anything bother you. Like I said, you not, don't let people bother you. You know, you don't want that sitting on you. You got to learn how to remove stuff off of you. Um, but speaking of Crohn's, I did want to get into this little bit of tidbit because I did have this one guy ask me a couple questions and I told him that I was going to get into it. Uh, don't fret cronies. I will be doing a series on Crohn's and everything and on healing the gut. Um, but for those who don't know, I was diagnosed in, uh, April 1st, 2008. So it's almost 14 years of living with Crohn's disease. Uh, that was the day I flatlined in the back of my mom's car. Um, I am on Intivio, uh, which is an IV infusion every eight weeks. Uh, basically, you're just not letting all that inflammation and all the blood cells kind of get into my intestines because sometimes my white blood cells kill off my red blood cells in a more rapid pace than it's supposed to. Um, but I, I say this, I also say that um, with Crohn's disease, I know there's a lot of different things out there for people to take if you don't want to be on the harsh stuff, then um, I would recommend a holistic form. There is like this, uh, this ancient plant. It's like medicinal plant from Mexico. It's called a quachalalate. It's like this bark. It's literally the best thing I've ever had. Like I've been having some issues for the past week. Because like I said, while I am protecting my peace, my body cannot help but form like take that stress and apply it to Crohn's. But this, ever since I started taking this, this tree bark and I, I put it into my teas, like it's been like really good with anti-inflammatory. Um, and it's not just for Crohn's or IBS or anything like that. It has like wound healing properties for ulcers, boils, like it promotes scar form, um, formation, which is kind of ironic because like it easily gets scarred from like the falling leaves or whatever. So like this tree is like really flat, like fragile. Um, it's for kidney discomfort, mouth diseases, all types of stuff. I would definitely recommend uh, if you're suffering from anything like that to get this tree bark. It's, it's, it's the bomb.com. Like I first found out about it by uh, Dr. Sabi. I know he's a little uh, controversial mentioning him and stuff like that but uh he once said that make one healthy choice every day and when I started drinking this tea it just kind of like helped promote that and honestly that's my PSA for today is make one healthy choice every day apply that to all the areas in your life uh talking when necessary eating healthier understand that you're made of the elements so like research to get yourself healthy have real conversations and explorations of yourself, you know, uh, just make one healthy choice every day. Now that's, that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's how I take each day. Um, Cause this, when I tell you this, this week has been something else, 
but making the conscious decision to actually talk and open up is was well was that one healthy choice for me this week so that I can get better and I pray that you know that that helps you in your line and in your walk and in your journey if anybody has any questions before I close this benediction as they say in church uh please go ahead like I said, it was some, some heavy stuff uh, for this last little bit, but I just felt like the need to be said because everything that's going on around us as a people and especially, of course, in this fandom is it's stressful. It's hard. Life is hard. And sometimes you just need that reminder to be better, be healthier, breathe. So... Um, without further ado, oh, Latrell, boy, 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 came here. I was about to tell everybody to, uh, put their hands up and bow their heads. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, get to that because I know you want to close, but I've been meaning to ask somebody this, and it's really perfect time because you have uh, what I consider a refined taste in music. So it's a new <laughs> year, and there hasn't really any been any word on what the versus picture is looking like for the foreseeable future and i'm curious do you think there are any credible opponents if you want to call them that uh for the clark sisters who you know what um it would only have to be uh the wyans is the wyans Lord, it's been so long since I don't say their name. Lord have mercy. But BB and CC, <laughs> it, it would have to be them because, ooh, they would have to bring in like Donnie McClurkin or somebody. It, like, ain't, no, actually, you know, it ain't nobody. Ain't nobody getting the Clark sisters because, you, you know what? Shirley, Shirley Caesar can uh can go one on, well, one against three, can go handicap match with them. I, I feel like because she's got the repertoire and she got the hits and she got the features. But outside of her, I don't think there's anybody else that's touching the Clark sisters and their harmony at all. Yes, ma'am. Thanks that's again. You're welcome. <laughs> I had to dig deep for that one. Lord. Hello. Hi. I'm kind of nervous, but I also. Oh, don't be. <laughs> Um, so you said that you were diagnosed with Crohn's like back in 2008. I, my question was that how difficult was it for you to like come in touch knowing that you had Crohn's and what obstacles did you have to like overcome and so overcoming to this day? Ooh, uh, taking me back when, when I got diagnosed and I woke up, um, uh, I, I was scared out of my mind because I literally had to. I almost had to learn how to walk all over again. Like I've, I've been paralyzed from the neck down having to learn how to walk again. But this time I was like hunched over because I had the staples and stuff in my stomach and um, on the outside as well. And with that, the heavy burden of knowing my diet will change. And at that time they told me I wouldn't have kids. It, I, there were times where I would just like, I would cry myself to sleep and and I'm not going to lie, like I was in the dumps for a very long time and I went completely left and off the path. Uh, and it just honestly took some hard ass learning to get me back on the on the path because the diet was one of the biggest things. Like I had got over the fact, OK, hey, you're not going to have kids. Uh, I was like I was young and I was like, OK, this is not going to affect me too much until you know, I get older. 
But uh, having to change your diet when you love food is really hard. And it's constantly evolving. Like last year, I was able to um, eat dairy and, um, you know, pork and stuff like that. But now I, I can't anymore. And taking out milk is, it was very, very hard because everything outside of my walls this is made with milk. So uh, it was just, it just took some time. I'll tell you, it's a thorn in my side, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly just grateful that I'm alive and that I have my baby girl and that I'm striving and doing what I love. And I, that's, that's the most that like most people can't even say that. So I take pride in knowing that even though, despite these issues that I am dealing with, I am still rising. Thank you so much for answering my question. You're so welcome. You're so welcome, Carissa. Ooh, man. <sighs> Sorry, I get a little emotional when I talk about my Crohn's journey because it's just when you've just been through something like that, it's just it it changes you. It has no choice but to. Uh, lovely, Miss Lovely. Get off. I couldn't get off mute, girl. Hey, friend. <laughs> hey, friend. That's the only reason why I came in and said something, because I know you, you get emotional. <laughs> you know I had to change the temperature real quick. Thank you, because you know my brother. I do. I, I, I felt it. I said, uh-oh, hold on. Let me, let me grab her. You're going down, guys. Let me Thank grab her. Lord have mercy. Look, man. Look, when, when it's time for that episode, you're going to have to pray for me, because I don't know. You ain't going to be having me in there crying, too. We just can't be in there and hold each other up crying. That just ain't going to work, baby. It's not. It's not. Somebody got to be sane. Somebody got to cry. We got to do it. We got to do it in the same room. That's yeah. the only way that's going to work. Yes. Because we need somebody. <laughs> Look. Anybody. Somebody. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look, get off, get off my line. Stop playing okay, on my phone. I just, just want to see how I had to change the temperature, baby. That's all I needed. That's it. Now I got you I laughing. You. I feel good. I love good. you so much. I love oh. you. Bye, baby. Bye. <laughs> don't look. Don't mind us. We fools. Um. <laughs> but I. Oh, I hope this visit to Swirl World has encouraged you, made you laugh. Uh, to have the hard talks, to look inward, to start taking better care of yourself. See, I didn't say you weren't taking care of yourself, but always strive to be better. And, of course, making one healthy choice at a time. As always, you are appreciated. You are loved. And most importantly, you are more. Keep smiling.